What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. How was your week? That was pretty cool. I mean, aside the fact that I almost died twice, but we'll get into that. But before we do, make sure you follow, subscribe, and like this podcast. I am not doing this for my health. Um, Even though I have fun... This is a great release for me every week. I feel like it's like Carrie Bradshaw meets Sex in the City, but I'm a gay in Atlanta, not a white woman in New York. But anyway, yeah, so the storm Sunday, a roof came in to our house. I thought that was so crazy. My close friend Mike almost died, but God... God, God intervened, and then on top of that, so I'm like, okay, we were blessed, you know, we got into an Airbnb, we are in the city, sex in the city, I've been having fun, well, I haven't been having fun, but, because <laughs> all my business now isn't coming, and so, like, now I have no reason to really be in the city, so now I'm like, I feel like a total tourist, even though I spent, like, years here coming and going in the city of Atlanta um now it just feels like oh my god I feel so like an old person like get me back to my my place up there where nothing is going on you know me and my kids my puppies we go around and walk our trail for an hour and a half to two hours a day we come in and we'll just be old child now I'm in Atlanta I was walking the other day. I got hollered at. I got cat called. I miss it a little bit, but y'all, I'm a little old for this. I'm not the same hoe that I was in 2016, 2015 when I first got here. Me and my best friend used to go in the city. Like, we used to ride out in this city. But I don't got it like that no more. But anyway, let's get into it. I ain't going to even go hold you as usual on the show. Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you. I almost died in an Uber. So, okay, so I'm headed up to coming, right, from the city. And I got this Uber driver. We were in a Kyo Soul. And he just was kind of, you know, the average Uber driver. He had dreads. You know, he was definitely high as a kite. And, but I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. He was on his Instagram and I was like eavesdropping. I don't know if you've ever, am I the only person who likes to look at what the person is looking at on their phone when they're in front like the uber driver especially you know you're not supposed to be on it so i'm looking on his instagram he was checking his dms i was checking him too and i guess some little cutie was in his inbox and you know she was really cute and he was responding then all of a sudden you know we both look up and he almost hit the back of like this white car now this is from the in the city we were like near um like, I don't remember, if you're familiar with the city, we were passing um, the stadium and, you know, how traffic is there. So we were, one, we were in traffic for maybe 20 minutes, like gridlock. And we finally get to a groove and whatever. And then he sees this like white Malibu and he tries to swerve out the way. So while he was swerving, a minivan came and railed us in the back. Now, this is my first like real accident I've ever been in. And if 
anyone knows me, they know that it's like my biggest fear is to get in a car accident. Like the biggest fear of mine. That's why I don't drive. Like I will Uber everywhere before I hop behind the wheel because I'm afraid of killing somebody and I'm afraid of dying behind the wheel. But it came and smacked me in the back. Now looking at it, I do kind of have like some injuries. I didn't. I feel a little stiff because it smacked me dead in the back and like my hat fell off and everything. So luckily he kind of came alive and like turned back into the other lane and literally a truck moo moo and flew right beside us. So if he would not have turned, I would not be here today. So, but God, I am in the blood of Jesus child. And I literally was like, you good? No, my car total. I'm sorry. Blessed up canceled the ride and got into <laughs> hopped off the rail hopped over to the nearest restaurant and got on another uber thank god and went to handle my business which i should have gotten a lawsuit and i should have done all that but you know i'm working on my karma i was fine that might sound really stupid now that i'm saying it out loud but you know i am kind of sore now that i'm saying it out on you know i am kind of sore but anyway I'll decide if I'm going to get into some legal action. But anyway, let's get into the show. You only come here to kind of hear what I got going on. You come here for the hot topic, which is what we always start with. And I want to talk about Mr. Tim Norman from Sweetie Pies. Now, if you don't know the story, um, Tim Norman kind of got into a little pickle like a couple of months ago um, when he... (laughs) pretty much put a hit out on his nephew this was i want to say the story started maybe before covid i'm not even totally sure anymore like when did covid start it's been so long but covid is here to stay it's a way of our life now because nobody wants to do right including myself i'm gonna put myself i'm gonna nestle myself in that child i would just wear a mask and keep it pushing um but anyway which is horrible and god bless us i hope god is with us because we are not doing right but anyway this is not the COVID story this is the timothy norman he pleaded not guilty tuesday to charges related to the murder for hire plot that he went against his 21 year old nephew now this story is brought to you by lovelyscott.com okay so james timothy norman along with an exotic dancer and insurance agent were federally indicted in august after oh wow this was recent i thought this was like august of last year this story broke okay so this happened in august i thought this was oh they got indicted in august okay After police and prosecutors said they conspired to have Andre Montgomery killed to collect a $450,000 life insurance policy. Norman's mother, Robbie, Miss Robbie Montgomery, owns Sweetie Pie's restaurant in the Grand Center neighborhood. Her grandson was shot to death in March 2016. The show Welcome to Sweetie Pie's aired for five seasons on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Starting in 2011, and the family, including Norman, reflected on how Montgomery's murder impacted them on air. Norman has since been charged with conspiracy to use interstate commerce, 
facilities in the commission of a murder for hire plot, which is punishable by life in prison or the death penalty. Federal prosecutors said Tuesday no decision had been made on whether to seek the death penalty and also argued Norman should remain incarcerated without bond. Child. Norman's attorney, John Rogers, argued his client would live with his mother should he be released on bond and that he has two children who has have who have access to St. Louis to visit him. He added that Norman has more than 20 family members who live in the St. Louis area and his contacts in Texas and Mississippi have to do with Sweetie Pies. He would be employed in the family business, Rogers said. We don't believe he's at flight risk. Magistrate Judge Nanette Baker said she would take Norman's request to be allowed to post bond under advisement. Um, wow. Have y'all seen this man's mugshot? Now, very sexy man. I am a Capricorn. I find, um... I've always found him to be very attractive, Mr. Tim Norman. Um, his mugshot, he's smiling. His personality. Uh, this man is, that's the three things that always make sure that I know that a man is guilty. If I'm attracted to him, is a dead ringer. And I find him attractive. This man is guilty. He put a hit on that boy, $450,000, not $45,000, not $4,500, almost half of a million dollars to take this man's life. It probably cost him like a jacket, a Chanel jacket to put a number on this boy's head. $450,000 American dollars. My God, I hate, I feel like every week. Every week we are talking about another black man being indicted. Um, last week I kind of skipped over the story about Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion, which is a mess. But these men need, need to, under, all of us, we need to understand that consequence is no coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Like there is every consequence has a action. This man wants to go home and continue on his business while he's being indicted. Like, I don't know. I think that, that you almost you put a price on somebody's head. Like, let me go back to work and finish my shifts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. You know that mama or what is it? His grandma. She was no joke. I used to watch Sweetie Pies and she was no 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 joke um i actually thought about a clip um when all of this went down i remember watching sweetie pies with my auntie trenda shout out to my auntie trenda if you're listening we used to watch sweetie pies and i remember a clip on when they had their show on own where tim was bullying the nephew who he put the hit out on he came out, I remember now thinking about it now, oh my God, he came out as like gay. And I remember 
a clip where the little boy okay i'm gonna set the scene and i'm gonna find this clip and i'm gonna air the audio from it i hope we can i hope it surfaces and i hope we don't get in trouble for it um this is from the own network and tim was just walked in and snapped on the little gay boy <laughs> the little gay nephew and started well they were at the restaurant at sweetie pies and the grandma was taking care of tim's newborn son while the nephew comes in and complains about how Tim was bullying him in the restaurant. He would pin on him. He would throw shit on him. He would do it all the time. It just got too much. And they started telling the grandma, Miss Sweetie, Miss Robbie, about what happened. And in the clip, I'm going to run it. Hold on.
okay, you can't see the clip, but you can visually see him being upset when he's talking to his mama. He's like clenching his fist and all this, that, and the third. He's kind of twitching a little bit. He does not, he's not trying to hear what, you know, Mama Robbie got to say. So I always say this if you want to piss off a homophobe, bring in a gay man. And this is what's going on here. This is what makes a, a million times more sense. Like, it, it makes so much sense. He didn't think that he was much anyway. This clip, this happened, when did the show air? This was um, 2012. Here we are almost eight years later. Um, It's almost exactly eight years since the show, that particular episode aired. Now he put a hit out on a boy. So the boy was 23. The cousin who he put a hit out on was 23 at the time. So now he's, you know, 31. In eight years, you still, you now you've gotten to the point where you want to put a hit on him for $450,000. That's insane. That is insane. And like, to me, I feel like he, she brought up a good point. Him being from prison, he's handling things like it's in prison. What do they do in prison? Lives mean nothing. Time means nothing. Like, he did it. Next caller, child. He did it. 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 Okay. And I hate it. I hate feeling like I have to constantly report um another black man down. But if we don't talk about black men down or what's going on, we'll never heal. We'll never we'll never heal what's going on. Like going around here and then doing whatever you want to do and blaming it on you being a man or a real man or people not understanding what it's like or um even like the notion of people feeling like oh you know he's a black man that is not going to cut the mustard anymore okay it's time we are we are asking for accountability from every other race every other party everybody involved around us we're asking for accountability for the actions towards us it's time for us to hold, host a some accountability for ourselves the things that we're doing as a as a young black man we're supposed to protect our community our sisters our brothers whether they are want to fuck a butt or they want to fuck a pussy what difference does it make if there are a woman who is tough or a woman who was meek they're supposed to be under your reign under your your help you're supposed to help us we're supposed to help each other, our fellow black men. Why does it feel like every day I look up is they're attacking the same people who are out there marching for them? The same ones who are jumping in front of bullets for them constantly. I think it's crazy. And we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. Heterosexual black men are have and have been very problematic for a very 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 long time I, I get it you know slavery i get that there's a lot going on up there a lot of heterosexual black men have so many what do you what would you call it like blockages like for them to not be totally happy they have these notions that they can't be and express themselves the way that they want to there's they're out of fear of other black men's heterosexual black men's um crit criticism 
you know, they they feel like they can't be this because they'll be too soft or they can't do this because they'll be too girly. They, they're this, there's so much rules and restraint that makes them violent. There's a lot of black kids, a black young black men who needed more than a, Oh, you'll be all right growing up. And it has turned into trauma that is causing them to react and to hurt and to kill and to rape and to pillage and to steal and to, um, de- debate, to, de- to, de- to degrade. And, and it's out of hand. And now they put numbers on their little cousin, gay cousins heads for $450,000. This is too much child. What do y'all think? Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Um, Carmine Davis show on Instagram, Carmine Davis on Instagram, email me, um, show at Carmine Davis.com. Let me know what y'all think. Like, this is this is really it's it's something we need to talk about. We are marching together hand in hand to stop all of us from dying in the streets, but then we look up and you got a number on our heads. It doesn't matter. Black lives matter unless you're gay. Black lives matter unless you're a woman. You're trans like it doesn't count. Like come on. Oh, so black lives black men's lives matter. Black heterosexual men's lives matter. Excuse me. This is out of hand. This is crazy. This is this is needs to be stopped. This needs to be stopped. And I'm sorry. There needs to be some examples. I hate that. I hate it with my heart. Like it breaks my heart because I love my fellow black men. I think we are the coolest. We're the sexiest. We're the strongest. You know, and I love everybody. Don't get me wrong. Now I love everybody. But I I was raised with black women, so I'm more. Hello. Yeah. I am. I will fight. I will kill. I will destroy. I'll rob. I'll steal from my black women. My my mama, my you know, my family. But I root for us. Cause there's no it's truly really no difference between me and the next black man except that, you know, I'm a little I got a little twist, you know. I got a little lime twist with my drink. You know, I'm still a shot of Hennessy, nigga. Like what the fuck? But anyway, just in case you are just tuning in, you know, somebody put their headphones down and you picked the headphones up. I hope you sanitized them and you heard who this who who is this soothing, sexy, young thing that I'm listening to. He's making some valid points or he makes no sense at all. And I want to berate him every chance I get. Make sure you follow, subscribe, comment and rate this podcast let's get on to the next topic okay um the next one is always the artist spotlight here is my favorite 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 part where we get to dish on my favorite artists my favorite eras my favorite concepts some concepts that i came up with my own which i've done some really really great ones Y'all know that wait and take sales was the bomb. Like I get that's people still talk about that wait and take sale concept. I I mean, I still stand by what I said. And if you want to go back, go to a few episodes back and check that out. But we are talking about something completely different. And we are talking about the death of the blockbuster albums. Now, in case you have completely been living under a rock, maybe you're not very musically inclined. Um, maybe you are have no interest in what's going on in the music industry or the world or well I'm sure you're probably interested in what's going on in the music industry but you're not any remotely interested in what's going on in the business and maybe you haven't even noticed 
but the days of the blockbuster album have or multiple blockbuster albums are kaput and streaming i guess is to blame i don't really believe that streaming is to blame i think that i'll get into that but let's get into some receipts okay okay so it's no secret according to entertainment weekly taylor swift is smashing more records at folklore being the best-selling album of 2020 it has sold 500,000 copies in a single week which is awesome in these times which is great you know and and it went and sold 846,000 copies and I love me some Taylor Swift I think she is the last artist one of the last artists that are out here pushing blockbuster records it's like six of them you know who is still pushing for that blockbuster sound but this is the round before Taylor Swift's release you know she dropped her album mid-quarantine I want to say it was what was it like August Taylor Swift's album dropped, um, which it was an amazing album. I remember I love Mad Woman. I love Taylor Swift hardly ever does bad records. Folklore came out, was it July? July the 24th, right after people started releasing their best um, album, July the 24th. And after people started releasing their best records, best album sales thus far, you know, in the middle of the year, they do the best selling albums thus far. And before Folklore came and smashed everybody, this this was the top 10, the beginning of July. Mac Miller's number 10 was Mac Miller's Circles was 109,000 units. Frozen 2 soundtrack, 135,000 units. Harry Styles' Fine Line, 160,000 units. Justin Bieber's Changes, 186,000 units. Billie Eilish was continuing to sell in 2020 that massive record, and it sold 194,000 copies in the beginning of the year. Eminem's Music to be Murdered 2 sold 225,000 units. Uh, Lady Gaga's Chromatica sold 258,000 units in America. Halsley's Manic, 265,000. The Weekends After Hours, 404,000 units. And BTS's Map of the Soul, 7, 546,000 units were the ones that came after Taylor Swift's. Do you see where I'm getting at? Where was the blockbuster blockbuster albums this year? Best selling albums of let's say twenty ten. The twenty ten in twenty ten, the year twenty ten, what was the best selling albums? We had oh that was the year. Um, you remember? If you remember, like I remember. Um, Adelaide. The best-selling record of 2010 was Eminem's Recovery. 2011 was Adele's 21 Recovery. So 3,000. I mean, 3 million 415 units. Adele was 5 million 824 units in 2011. 2012 Adele was number one again with 4 million 410 units for 21. Justin Timberlake's um, The 2020 Experience, which I forgot came after Adele's 21. 
Um, so two million units. Taylor Swift's nineteen eighty nine in two thousand and fourteen was the best selling album. Three thousand six hundred and sixty one units. Adele came back in twenty with twenty five with eight million units in twenty fifteen. Drake's views was four million. Ed Sheeran's um was two thousand two million. Drake's was um 2018 was for scorpion for close to 4 million post malone in 2019 had the best-selling album with 3 million copies so those are large jumps in between each other of course with adele and taylor swift holding on okay let's look at some units um in the 90s backstreet boys millennium 11 million copies 1998 Titanic soundtrack sold 10 million. Spice Girls sold 5 million. Jagged Little Pill sold 8 million. Cracked Review, 7 million. Elton John, Lion King, 1994, sold 5 million. The Bodyguard, 1993, sold 6 million, close to 6 million. Billy Ray Cyrus in 1992 sold 5 million. Mariah Carey sold 10 million. Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. Do you get what I'm saying? What happened to the blockbuster records? I feel like it, I feel like kind of now is sort of like the Special Olympics for albums. Like it's about popularity now and who has the TikTok songs. And that's how you get the best selling songs. And it's like 500,000 units. I know physical sales and everything is not selling as it once was. We'll never get back to that. We never will. But with the change and everything going around, it seems as though it's more about who has the most viral songs opposed to having blockbuster numbers. Does that make any sense? Like, okay, you think about Lil Nas X's Old Town Road. It was a... Would you consider Old Town Road a blockbuster or a viral hit? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no more um, records that I remember when that dropped. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, Lil Nas X is old time. I love Lil Nas X. I think he's really cool. Um, old time road. I loved it because I'm from Mississippi. I thought it was a really, really cute song. It reminded me a little bit of like, um, it reminded me of Baby Shark. But it was cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a really great um, country rap song. Um, Really great, like, one-hit wonder kind of thing. I love Lil Nas X, and I hope he does. I love what he represents. I hope that um, he continues to, like, maybe go on and to make a great, like, body of work and all of that. And I hope, I respect uh, and it was Diamond. That song is a Diamond song. That's awesome. That song um, was a minute and 53 seconds, by the way, which I had no idea. I had no idea the song was that short with Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, it sold 10 million records. And it broke Mariah Carey's record for um, 19 consecutive weeks at number one. It had topped national single chart in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Ireland, and Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom, and have charted in the top 10 in various other markets. I, but, you know, I don't know. I guess that I guess that's technically a blockbuster. That's where our blockbuster hits are now. 
<laughs> Does that make any sense? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think that these are the songs that we need to hear for the rest of our life. I have not heard Old Town Road since last year of some time like I have not heard it but I I appreciate it um I I think it's awesome that you know this is a young black boy who created a huge hit you know he came from nothing to something and that's awesome but I don't I don't know it's not comparing that to the likes of Once We Day is crazy to me like uh, what Adele did was a blockbuster. What Taylor Swift did, those are blockbuster albums. Beyonce's Beyonce album was a blockbuster album. I, this viral popularity um, on macro platforms is kind of like, I mean, that's cool, you know. But I wouldn't call. I don't know what happened to the blockbuster albums. Chromatica, like that did not give. Even though I thought the album was great, you know, I I want what happened to the blockbuster? Those years where you knew that was gonna sweep Whitney Houston the bodyguard. Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. Janet Jackson, every time she came out, this is about to be a big moment. Everybody just stopped what they were doing. And this was the moment. But I guess now it's virally, so I guess Lil Nas X would technically be a blockbuster. This is where we are now. Hmm. But back then, there was so many at one time. Like that year, you would have The Lion King, Celine Dion, um, Janet Jackson, and and all these artists dropping these huge moments and like going platinum plus. It, Shania Twain, even in the 2010s, like almost everybody was going a little platinum. You know what I mean? You're going barely platinum. Now, you know, if you sell a gold record, it's great. And the albums that are going platinum are very strange. I heard... You know, I heard some people go platinum, and I'm just like, how did that happen? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how did that happen? I know bundling and vinyl and all that. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at Carmine Davis, um, Carmine Davis Show on Instagram, Carmine Davis on Instagram. Let me know what you think. I I always say SZA's record, Control, was kind of somewhat of a blockbuster record. I, when I think about blockbuster records, again, I want to emphasize what I mean. It's not just about the numbers. I want to say about impact. You know, where music was before and what music in the whole industry, what those records that shook the album that shook and changed the game. You know what I mean? Like we were never the same afterwards. And I guess kind of Old Town Road kind of changed the game a little bit. Um, But did it. I mean. But did it set us forward or did it set us back? I want to take my horse to the old town road and I'm going to ride till I can't. I, I swear when I first heard that song, this is no diss. This is not a diss song. You know, this is not a diss to Lil Nas X. Like I say, I have respect for him. Um, I respect anybody, you know, doing it. But I remember when I first heard it and I, I, I thought it was a joke. 
you know, I, oh, I thought it was like one of those like um, TikTok songs, like one of those funny little TikTok songs that um, my cousins and all that listen to. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't think of it like a serious um, moment. Like I didn't think of it like, and I still don't, and I don't think anybody does. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't you know what I mean? Like this is somebody who I got to work or this has changed the game. Like, but you know, I'm entitled to my opinion. You're entitled to yours. I'm sure you might disagree. What do you think? Do you feel like the, you know, Lil Nas X song, Old Town Road and other songs similar to that? Y'all know what I'm talking about it but it's it it's a lot of songs that are like that do you know what i'm saying like there's there's a few songs out there but that's the one that i can think about that had the biggest like whoa you know like this is a huge this is getting out of hand like it was a good song it was a really really good song i mean it was a fun song i like the beat i don't, I don't know but that is my opinion. You know, I'm trying to release my music now, you know. So hats off to everybody who could just put out anything. But I want to move on to our third segment. My my slightly my fate my other favorite, and it's the love and relationships segment. Love and relationships. I well, mostly we talk about sex, and this one is no different. But we are turning it over on our heads. I always try to shy away and kind of push and bring a spotlight onto all of our toxic behaviors in a sense of kind of like straying away from them a little bit. But this time around, like sometimes toxic behaviors can be fun and sexy, especially when you're both kind of into it and it doesn't really hurt anybody. Um, especially like when you're arguing, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're arguing with your lover you know, like you're going back and forth with them and you're just like, you know, you're finally letting it out and you're telling them how you feel about something and it's just so damn sexy. Cosmopolitan.com. We are talking about seven reasons why arguing with your partner makes you so damn horny. But first, you have to follow, subscribe, like, and comment and rate the show. I'm not keep let's keep the bills going let's keep the bills going i gotta get paid and here we go so seven reasons why arguing with your bae makes you so damn horny blame it on science no actually seriously it's on science it's a classic hollywood plot a couple starts an epic screaming match with each other then mid-fight one partner pushes the other up against the wall they kiss oh so passionately and things escalate to hot steamy makeup sex i mean raise your hand if that scene from the notebook still leaves you hot and bothered the argument equals over relationship equals restored the end you and I both know that actually happens in real life, too. Whenever my ex and I would argue, I'd immediately want to tackle him. Not in a physical fight kind of way, but more like in a I suddenly need to jump your bones way. The makeup sex was always so good. Mm. Do you get horny after fighting with your someone special? Tweet me and let me know at Carmine Davis. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Let me know. Anyway, why is this a thing? Is there a link between being angry and horny, or are we all just kinky motherfuckers? After speaking, 
to psychotherapists, physiology experts, and sex experts, I've learned that there is definitely some science behind the madness. Here are seven solid reasons why some people are getting turned on after arguing with their partner. Number one, hormones. Hormones like testosterone, adrenaline, and cortisol, the stress hormone, all spike when the fight when you fight with someone, including our romantic partners. When cortisol is, which makes me think of a cortisone shot, is released from stress, our bodies and minds may yearn for the closeness that sex provides, explained certified sexologist Jenny Schuyler, PhD. The relief of orgasm and pleasure increases serotonin, dopamine, adrenaline, and oxytocin, the love hormone, explains sex and relationship therapist Andrew Aaron. This means that while the hormones released during a fight can rile you up, the hormones released after a fight calm you down, makes you feel satisfied, gives you feelings of power, and increase your sense of safety, which conveniently all magically combines to make you want to bone, a true climax and resolution. Two, evolution. Banging after an angry fight with your partner unlocks a deep and primal part of your psyche. After sex, sex after a fight not only provides relief, it also creates excitement. You go from being threatened to feeling triumphant and overcoming the threat by surviving, says Aaron. Basically, you may feel like you've overcome something major, so your body celebrates by getting all excited, red, horny as fuck, as a result. Three, anxiety and arousal. Arousal and anxiety are sister sensations that increase your heart rate, blood flow, and breathing. The excitement from one of those emotions is likely to transfer to another, explains sexologist Robert Thomas, co-founder of Sexopedia. When we're under stress, such as the stress induced by an argument, our sympathetic nervous system is aroused, says relationship and sex coach Michelle Lindsbury Christensen, aka this is why fights turn you on. This also sparks your fight or flight response, which fills you full of energy and makes you motivated to want to physically act in some way. As physiology expert Alisa Zanderfor, PhD, I hope I just said her name right. What better way to satiate that need to get physically to get physical than with that hot person right in front of you who's also pissing you off? Sounds like the most logical option, in my honest opinion. Five, you're into sadomasochism. Did you know that the word passion has a Latin origin that actually comes from petior, which means to suffer. So like hurt so good is saying for a reason. It's a saying for a reason. There's a close link between anger, passion, suffering, and connection, says relationship coach Valerie Merced, founder of Persistence Magazine. Persistence Magazine. Fighting can stimulate sadomasochistic sexual fantasies aka gaining sexual pleasure from inflicting or receiving pain explains gail saltz a psychiatrist a psychiatrist specializing in relationships and mental health but just because you like makeup sex doesn't mean you're 100 percent going to be into bdsm although if you are already into it you might as well be one of the lucky ones who get turned on from fighting Six, makeup, a.k.a. mad at you sex is awesome. Wanting to reestablish a connection and forgive your partner or yourself is a high priority post fight, which is exactly why 
you may turn to some fuck me like you hate me sex to repair the bond. Seven, which I think is the most common, is a way to cope with trauma. Traumatic events that contain fighting or intense anger during childhood or some point of your early years can sometimes get connected to sexual feelings, says Dr. Saltz. Because of this, it could be that you're horny whenever you fight with your partner. Mm. Psychologically, when couples fight, they often instigate a trigger or a very scary part of their young memory system, explains Skylar. Fear creates a sense of abandonment, inadequacy, or both. So sex can sometimes alleviate that fear by increasing intimacy and reestablishing feelings or safety. If this is the case for you, you may want to seek therapy to unlearn this type of conditioning and coping mechanism. Better understanding that this part of you will help you find methods to get the that sex-fueled romp that's less destructive to your relationship than purposely picking fights, Dr. Salt says. And there you have it. Okay, so this is a lot of information, right? But the bottom line is, no, you're not weird for wanting to pounce on your partner after you fight. Yes, a bit of a conflict can add novelty and spark into a relationship, but don't go starting fights just to have super hot makeup sex after, Okay. Oh, and it's important to note that cruelty, violence, or emotional abuse are all red flags that signal there's an unhealthy dynamic in your relationship. If you ever find that your relationship is only really good after it's really bad, it may be time to consult a therapist or consider a breakup. Otherwise, go resolve your little arguments about whatever the heck by getting primal and kinky with some wildly passionate makeup sex. You deserve it, girl. All right, that's our show. What do y'all think? Oh, I want to apologize about the sound. I don't I don't want to apologize. I don't apologize about things that are out of my control. I'm in a whole new setup, a temporary setup. I'm not at the house or in the, my little home office studio kind of thing. I am laying in the bed of an Airbnb in the city, like I said prior, because a tree fell in the house. But this is temporary. I think by next week we should be better so if the sound is a little weird forgive me forgive me forgive me i'm just happy to be alive you should be happy i'm alive too don't forget to follow subscribe comment rate this podcast i love you for real thank you for listening to me every week we are growing 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 and i love you for it okay all right holla at you see y'all next week okay bye